You're listening to the Team Guru Podcast, bringing to life the theory and principles of leadership. Hello and welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. My name is David Frizzell and wow, it's hard to believe that this is episode 181. We've been at this a while now and I know there are lots of you listening who've been with us for much of the journey. Whether you're a brand new listener or an old hand, you're really going to enjoy this one. My guest is Joe Hart. Joe has recently written a terrific book called True Perspective, Why Leading with the Truth Always Wins. And more so than most leadership books I've ever read, Joe pours his soul into this one. He intertwines leadership wisdom with his own fascinating story. And oh, what a story it is. So what is true perspective? Why is it important for leaders? And how do we get some of that? He's here to answer all those questions and more. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Joe Hart. Joe Hart, welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. Thank you very much, David. Great to be here. Great to have you, Joe. Your book, True Perspective, Why Leading with the Truth Always Wins. You know, I devoured most of this book today, just in an afternoon. It really had me transfixed in a lot of ways. Your book is a leadership book, which is why you're on this podcast. That's the permission to play. And while it very much is a leadership book, it was your personal stories that had me riveted as a reader. You gave a lot of yourself to this book, didn't you, Joe? I sure did, yes. And probably uh, had to think twice about a lot of what I did give in this book and, um, and got challenged as well by my editor and a number of people about what Your I was family, sharing. no doubt. Indeed, indeed. And so, you have read the book, so <laughs> you understand why. But yeah, I did. And I think it was really important to do that, to demonstrate the process of divulging so much of who I am in this book for you know many reasons but from a leadership standpoint i think it's really important to be able to go there first before you ask anybody else to to do it for themselves well you certainly set a very strong example of that in your book and and one of my questions i'll I'll come to that directly and ask you what true perspective means for joe hart in, in your life what it has contributed to your story so far But before we get there, obviously, I want to define what you mean by true perspective and why this is such an important concept as far as leadership goes. Yeah, thank you. So, true perspective is really about seeing yourself the way the rest of the world sees and experiences you. So, we've all got a concept of who we are based on potentially feedback we've received or, you know, internally, what we've experienced of ourselves and how we believe we're coming across. But I think the rest of the world has that concept too. And so being able to align those and get to a point where how you're seen and experienced by the world and how you believe you're seen and experienced is, is overlapping and aligned ultimately. So true perspective is, is that. It's the alignment of how you see yourself and how others see you. Now, you deal with it pretty directly in the book. The idea of we sometimes we admire people who say, I don't care what other people think. And from reflex, that is an admirable trait, especially when you consider the social media world that we live in. And we can all, I can jump on your Facebook page right now, Joe Hart, and write some pretty nasty things about you. I could get really personal and write those things. 
And if you were to say to me, that happens all the time, I don't care what people think of me, I would think that's pretty strong. And you used to think that too about people, but now you have a different response when you hear people say they don't care what other people think of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that different response comes from experiencing people say that in a leadership context. So when a leader says, I don't care what people, like I really don't give a crap what people think about me, they're saying it from a a place of strength, right? And they, they believe that that's really powerful to be able to do that. But how that's experienced from their team and people around them is, hang on. Wow. So you don't- You're actually- What I think of you. You don't care about me? (laughs) Yeah. You you actually don't consider what I'm saying to you. Like you're actually just going to go ahead, do what you believe is right and not actually bring me into this picture. So when you're asking for my opinion, you're not actually asking for my opinion. When you're asking for my input on the strategy or the direction, you're not actually asking for my input. And, And that's a really- really horrible place to be from a person that's reporting into a senior leader. So what advice, how can you help us frame in our mind adequately the balance that we should strike between caring what people think and trying to align what I understand about myself with what other people understand about me? And that's that's the true perspective that you talk about. Mm. But where do I draw the line about really caring what other people think of me letting it eat away at me, taking on board all of the criticisms that, that might get flung my way through different avenues. How, how do I strike that balance? Because as you've pointed out, it's not healthy for me to not care what people think because then the people around me think I don't value them. But obviously, but at the same time, I don't want to be tortured by the, the myriad of opinions people might have about me as well. Absolutely. No, it's such a great point. And I think without being really clear about the type of leader that you want to be or the type of person that you want to be, I think you are in danger of of sort of flapping around in the breeze and and taking on board a lot of perspectives and, and feedback. So I think having that really strong sense of, you know, what and, you know, I talk about in the book, what are the three things that you want people to remember you by, or how do you want to be remembered? And, and ultimately, that translates to right now, how are you being experienced? How do you want people to experience you, right? Because what you do now shapes how people remember you. And I think that's a really powerful line in the sand that people need to, to draw for themselves as a leader or as a person, a parent, you name it, anyone in a, a position of influence, which is all of us, ultimately, we need to make that distinction for ourselves. The rest of it is, is about identifying how closely aligned you are to that person that you aspire to be. And it's, yeah, I think that's probably the best advice I can give in terms of anchoring somebody to that really positive person that they want to present to the world. Now, your story is fascinating. I loved reading about it. I love the way you presented it in your book. It was so raw and honest, although you said there were bits that you left out and I can't imagine what they could have been that, that didn't make the book. I love the fact that you had your sister and your mum comment on your version of the story and what they remembered from their time. It played really nicely into the theme of true perspective. You told the story from your eyes and you had others close to you remember the same periods of time. Fabulous. You know, from those experiences that you had right back from as early as you can remember, right through to finishing high school and beyond. Mm. Of all the things that you could have come out of that thinking very strongly, of all the lessons that you might have learned, or of all the concepts that might have, might have developed in your mind, it was true perspective that you pulled out from all of that. 
that's really admirable. It's really high level and sort of intelligent. Tell us about those experiences in brief, because we, we want people to read the book, but mainly just to get to get me to understand how through all of that, you landed on true perspective as the lesson. Yeah, wow. That's a, that's a big question. It's a powerful question. So thank you for asking sit it. back and relax while you answer it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, straight off the bat, I, I actually don't know. Have you ever wondered that? From all the things that you could have learned from that time, it was true perspective you landed on. Yeah. It was positive, future thinking, growth oriented. It wasn't, okay, oh, well, I'm not going to do this in my life. I'm never going to do that. I'll never make that mistake. You didn't go down that path. You went through, you went to a, a, a whole higher level conceptual path, which I find very impressive. Right. Well, well, thank you for starters. And I haven't actually considered, I haven't considered why, actually. It's, it's, I'd say it's my way of understanding what happened. and resolving it and as i talked to in the book liberating myself from it so i'm not i am not my story i am not what happened to me i am i'm somebody who experienced certain things in the world with certain people from a certain vantage point and i wanted to understand that and leverage that so so really it comes from a place of curiosity and and then thinking well if that's if that's what happened to me and that's how i i processed it potentially i can I can leverage this somehow and help other people understand their experience and and utilize it in a, a useful way, in a powerful way. And you know, so I'm I'm not, you know, maybe it sounds a little bit a little bit cliche, but you know, of course I I all of those experiences in my life have been valuable. I've learned a lot from them and I've taken a lot from them. But um yeah, look, challenging, no doubt. And yeah. Uh, judgment has always been in there as well. Judgment of my dad, judgment of my my mum, definitely. But you know, I still love them dearly, and I know that they love me, and that was that was all part of it. So I don't hold hate or anything like that. It's just that wanting to understand. It was always a real drive to understand. Joe, have you read the novel Boy Swallows Universe? I have not, but you I will. Not. Are you serious? So when I was reading your book today, I was thinking, this is the leadership version of Boy Swallows Universe. There's a fabulous book written by a Brisbane guy called Trent Dalton. He's written a number of novels now. He got a huge amount of attention. I, I felt a bit mainstream reading it, actually, but it, because you know so many people were talking about it and reading it. And it's a guy who has not the same story as you, but there's a very similar theme to you. And it's a novel about him and his siblings growing up, living in that environment, growing up and learning lessons and getting through it together. And your story was very similar in, in theme, but the way that you extract lessons and come out of it as a strong, mature, thoughtful person is really similar. And, and the difference between you and Trent Dalton is that you're a leadership consultant, a leadership thinker, and he's a novelist. And you've you expressed your story in a different way. Jump on that book, mate. It's fantastic. And for listeners who have read it or know about that book, we're talking to Joe Hart, who has just written essentially the leadership version of that book. A very similar story to Boy Swallows Universe, a very similar home life, maybe not quite as extreme as Boy Swallows Universe, although Trent Dalton did admit to fictionalizing it, jazzing it up a little bit to, to sell some books that you've done a, an amazing job, Joe, and I love the leadership bit. So let's get to that. We've touched on it a few times, but my, my question is directly, all right, I get 
true perspective and I get what that means. I get your story. I love your story and I love the lessons that you learned from it. What does true perspective mean for us as leaders? I think from a leadership standpoint, true perspective really describes the process of empathy. And you might be an empathetic person or you may not be. Uh, I guess the big question that I always have when somebody leads with I'm not empathetic or I am is how do you know? And that question alone enables them to reflect and say, well, I just know or my personality profile said so or people tell me and people tell me or I get feedback that suggests that I'm empathetic is probably the best way to to actually say why it's relevant for leaders. And And look, it's not even people tell me. It's I listen, I understand, and when I speak with people and I reflect back what they're saying, they confirm, yeah, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Joe, you got it. That's leadership right there. Just taking the time to understand and really reflect on what you're hearing from that person. And the second that you do that, you you care about them. From their perspective, you care and you understand. And that's a better place to start than any, in my opinion. So. Asking for feedback, taking it on board, actioning it, letting somebody know that that's what you're doing and you value their perspective and opinion is so powerful. It's so simple, yet so powerful. And how well do leaders do that generally in a default position? (laughs) Not very well. Not very well, unfortunately. And um, I think everyone would say that they do a really good job of taking on feedback, reflecting, processing, actioning. Uh, my experience is not very well. And that's the reason we all think we're good drivers as well. We all have that opinion of ourselves that we're better than average as drivers. We all have that opinion of ourselves that we're better than average when it comes to being empathetic to those who are around us. And of course, it's important for everyone to be empathetic for those who are around us. But thinking specifically about leadership, there's very few things that are more important. All right. So if leaders aren't great at doing it, If having true perspective and alignment of how I see myself and how others see me is so important to leadership, then what are the blockers that stop people from getting there most of the time? Um, Is it that we're really well-intentioned and we're really set up, well set up emotionally and intellectually, but the work environment just doesn't serve it. It's busy, it's fast paced, things change, it's impersonal a lot of the time. We've moved to a huge percentage of our meetings being on Teams and all of that sort of stuff. Are those the, ba- the barriers and the blockers or is there something deeper? Yeah, definitely something deeper than that. I think all of those are excuses. And, and while people might use them and claim that they're valid, I just call bullshit on that. I'm like, nah, that's not it. Because it's always been like that. Whether, whether we had you know, COVID restrictions and you know, issues or not, we can all communicate in a really honest way and provide each other with feedback. So I think the blocker, of course, comes down to the, the individual that's, that's wielding that intention to either change or not, to, to understand or not. And most of the time, it comes from a place of knowledge, actually, or knowing. And I think that the leaders that I find most difficult to work with from a a place of true perspective and really understanding the concept of what we're dealing with here are those that that know. They already know. You know, and it might sound something like, well, yeah, I chose this person because I know what they're going to say. Or I already know what they've said. You know, I I can tell you now what they, they said. And so when they're reading through feedback or we're having a conversation, they'll reflect on things like, I know who said that. And it's like, okay. That, that may or may not be true. That doesn't matter. 
But isn't it interesting? I've just thought of this now. The idea of going through some feedback and the person saying, I know who said that, that kind of puts themselves back in the spotlight again and says, well, you know, not only is this, am I above this feedback, it's beneath me. I know it so well, I can even tell you who said that. I can tell you who's got that misconception. That is really the height of arrogance and closed-mindedness too. Totally. And, and really, that's, that's what knowledge does to us, right? Knowledge is powerful. It's wonderful. But when, it, when you break it down, it's a killer for curiosity. It stops you being curious because you already know. So, you're not going to seek an answer to something that you already believe you understand and know everything about. So, you know, leadership is just such a, such a uh, I guess, a black box, you know, it's unknown. And that's what makes it magic. That's what makes it powerful. You need to keep it unknown. The second that you believe you know, then you're lost. You're arrogant. And that is not a nice way to be experienced. It's, it's a terrible, terrible way to come across to your team. And so, to maintain that curiosity and that unknown and, and letting go of what you believe is the single most powerful thing I think we can all do as leaders. Do you want team and leadership development programs that actually work? Contact Team Guru today so we can start the conversation. So if true perspective is so important to leadership, it's the most powerful thing we can do as leaders. And there are a whole bunch of excuses floating around the workplace, like we're super busy, things keep changing, our team is always shifting, priorities are changing, timeframes are tightening, we're meeting on teams, we've got a dispersed team, all that kind of stuff. You said they're excuses. And that really true perspective as a leader comes from a place of knowing in your words. So what can we do about that? If we're leaders that truly want to understand how we view ourselves, because even that's a difficult thing to get to, to really understand how I view myself, let alone get true insight to how others are viewing me. You know, that is the result of the wake I leave as I move through my life. The way that people see me, they interact with me, what they think of me. If I want all of that, but I'm falling into the traps, I'm making excuses because of the busy, fast-paced, impersonal workplace that I operate, what can I do about it? What are the tangible steps that I can do as a, as a caring leader to make sure that I don't fall into this trap? Yeah. So I think the first thing is do the work on yourself. You know, I talk about you know, sharing my story and actually going there for myself. It's not exactly a, a small feat. You know, it's an iterative process that takes a lifetime, I believe. And I'm, I'm doing it for the you know, fourth or fifth time myself. And this time it just so happens to be in a book. But you can start by sharing that even in a journal or by yourself, audio, recording, a memo, or with a psychologist or a coach or a friend or a partner. Start by sharing some of those uh, early experiences that have shaped you. Whether you think that they're negative or positive or indifferent, it really does provide you with an opportunity to have a conversation with yourself that you haven't ever made time for. And in the busy world that we live in, that is uh, a bit of an issue, right? People don't put aside that time to reflect and consider what it is, who, who they are being in the world and how others might be experiencing that. So, that's the first step. And I think most people just gloss over it. They think, oh, no, I don't want to share my story. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to be vulnerable. And that would be a mistake. The other thing is a lot of leaders prioritize everybody else's development 
before their own. And that's a mistake for two reasons. One, they're denying or avoiding the opportunity to develop themselves and do the work. And two, they're demonstrating to their team, do what I say, not as I do. And that's, you know, that never happens. People just follow suit from a leader. If they respect them, they follow suit. But eventually, they'll learn that that isn't a good way to operate. And they'll go, oh, hang on, what's missing here? And it just, you know, ultimately, it slows their leadership development down. So sharing your story, I think, is the first part. Once you've done the work on yourself and you feel really, I guess, liberated from that experience, and maybe you're not going to get there initially, but you're working through it and you feel like, yes, I've done some solid work on it, then it's time to start seeking feedback from others to reconcile what is the perspective other people hold of me. And so, you know, in my book, I share suggested questions. I share a tool that enables you to to be able to do that effectively. I'm not talking about, yes, you can purchase a 360 tool and do a quantitative assessment. I think that's a little bit lazy at times because we, we throw all of these, you know, we put everyone on the list, we throw these questions out there and we don't necessarily think through who it is that we want to receive feedback from. And as a leader, I think it's, it's really powerful to actually talk to the person that you want feedback from first and explain to them what you're doing and why you're seeking that feedback and what it's going to mean for you and what you're going to do with it and the conversation that, that should follow. And, and so the lead up process is, is a really powerful part of that. And then to seek the feedback from them quantitatively and qualitatively. And uh, one of my favorite questions is a bit of a, a ripoff from the net promoter score but I I sort of call it the leadership promoter score. And that is, uh, how likely are you to speak positively about Joe to friends or family? And that question alone, it's not the only question that I, I recommend, but that question alone is a powerful one because it's generalizing your experience of that person to the point where you're going to unconditionally share your experience of them to people that matter in your world. That's where we're getting to. And that's all about legacy creation. So from a leadership standpoint, whether you like it or not, you are being remembered whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Absolutely. That is such a good point. As a leader, whether you like it or not, you are being remembered. And if people, if there are X number of people who see you as their boss, as their leader, they're talking about you when they go home and have dinner with their family. They're thinking about you as they prepare for their week or heaven forbid, trying to go to sleep at night and are thinking about all the things they've got to do. You're in their thoughts. What are they going to think about you? You get to design that. I think that is such a powerful concept. And look, I like those two. The first one is to share your story and learn its lessons, whether that's telling your story out loud to friends and family, people you trust, writing it down, writing a book like Joe did. And the second is seeking feedback. You know, through my career, I'm sure you've had this experience a million times, Joe, I've received emails from people who say something like, hey, I'm a bit on a bit of a personal development thing at the moment, and I just want to get some honest feedback, and I really, I really value our relationship and what you can tell me about myself. I love those emails because straight up, it just puts them in such a positive light to me, and I always try and answer really honestly, and it can be difficult to do that, and you made that point very clearly in your book. And sometimes the questions they ask are really clever. You just gave a really good one then. How likely are you to speak positively about me? 
I just tried to find it while we were talking in your book and I couldn't find it. What are some of the other ones that you can remember off the top of your head that are just really good conversation starters in, in those seeking feedback stages? Yeah, well, I think the first one is what three words best describe your experience of me? Wow. Right? So I've asked you, and obviously these these are mirrors. It's been so you hell. <laughs> That's three yeah. words. Yeah. So you would ask those questions of yourself first, and then you would reconcile all of the feedback that comes back from your stakeholders. And so so you've obviously got those three the three ways that you'd like to, people to remember and experience you based on your aspirational leader or that person that you want to be in the world. And then you get feedback on that by asking that question. So what three words best describe your experience of me? That's good. You know, so that's another one. I, I always ask the, what are the strengths that you see in me? Or when am I at my best? What are my weaknesses? And look, some people don't like the word weakness. I think weakness, opportunity for development, whatever floats your boat. But um, I use weakness. Whenever you see the words opportunity for development, it's yeah. just someone trying to not write weakness. Correct. So just Correct. write weakness. Yeah. And I like that, when am I at my best? That's kind of a, a different take on what are my strengths. I like that. When am I at my best? That's a good one. All right, give us one more and I'll let you off the hook after that. Yeah, um, I've got a couple more, but one of my favorite questions of all time is above all else, what do you most want me to know? Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And I always put that one last because most of the, the strengths, the weaknesses, they've got what we call in, in assessment language and, and psychology languages. You're a Gallup man. I'm a Gallup man and a psychologist. But what we call it in an assessment language is face valid. People expect to answer questions about your strengths and your weaknesses and where you can improve. So that gets all of the, in my terms, and a bit of a, you know, maybe everyone should shut their ears, but they're sort of not useful questions. Like they are because they're face valid and everyone, like it, it would be not okay if they weren't in there. But the real question is, above all else, what do you most want me to know? That right there is the honeypot because it's not positive, it's not negative. It's giving you free reign to honestly express that which you want me to experience. And it's a powerful question. So, you know, even if somebody you believe that you've put on your list is, is a hater or they're a, an arch rival or an enemy or somebody that you know is just going to criticize you, some beautiful beautiful comments have come from that question and when the leader says oh i know who said that i in my mind grin because i'm like yeah no you don't <laughs> wow that is but if very you did, cool you would love it <laughs> all right now back to the i was asking you how we get over the barriers and you were taking me through number one share your story learn its lessons number two seek feedback mm. and is are there any more steps is there a three and or four yeah absolutely the third, and this is so, so critical, once you've got that feedback, you must do something with it. You must, right? <laughs> so, you've got to ask for feedback. You've got to accept it. I mean, that just without saying anything, it ha it's valid. These people have provided you with the perspective. You cannot disagree with it. It is valid from their perspective. So, you're forced to accept it, right? Whether you, you agree and action some of what they've provided you, that's up to you. You get to decide, right? But you have to do something with it. And by that, I mean, and, and when I work with my clients, I encourage, very strongly encourage them 
to sit with each of their stakeholders, and there's usually between eight and 12 that they've identified in their immediate work group. And sometimes they, they include friends and family and people outside of that, suppliers and customers and whatnot. But they have to sit with them and talk about what they've learned. What were they provided with? What were some of the insights? What have they realized as a result of this feedback? And it doesn't need to be really specific. It can be if they want it to be. But I'd rather be a really useful conversation for them to express their vulnerability in that process. And if they do it in that way, where they're just honestly sharing some of the things that really surprise them, some of the things that challenge them, some of the things that didn't surprise them, even that conversation and just allowing somebody to hear your thought process, I think is a really powerful exercise because they wouldn't expect it. And they'll be in awe of your ability to actually take that on. And further, I think if you've done it well, they'll actually walk away from that thinking, wow, I admire the fact that they did that and they put themselves out there and they took that feedback and, and what they did with it. Sort of like what you said to me with your book, you went through all of that. And how did you come out with that concept of true perspective? Out of all the things you could have done with that experience, you made it a positive one and a powerful one. That's what I'd like to impart and what I'd like people to do with it. Not to see it as, oh yeah, that confirmed what I already knew or no, I disagree with it all and that just goes in the rubbish bin. But to actually transform that into to some insight that is, is powerful for them and powerful for everyone around them as well. Fantastic, Joe. So I asked you about overcoming the barriers for most of us gaining true perspective. And there are three steps. Share your story and learn its lessons, seek feedback, and then act on it. You must accept it and you've got to do something with that feedback that you've asked for. Fantastic. Now, Joe, we've quickly run out of time. Look, I loved our chat. I loved the book. I love your story. It's, it is really is, is terrific. It's fascinating, to be honest. Now, for people who've listened and tapped into what you're talking about, they get this concept of true perspective. What are a couple of nuggets of gold that you can leave us with so that we can remember this conversation over the next few days and next few weeks? What are those things that we can really remember about Joe Hart's true perspective story? Yeah, I think um, the first one is regardless of what you've been through and what you've experienced, I think everyone has a story. Everyone has something to share. You aren't your story, you're not your experience, right? So step outside of it, slow it down, see it almost like a movie and understand it. And I think from that place of understanding, it just enables you to be so much more powerful and creative with it rather than be owned by it and feel ashamed of it. You know, for many years, I felt very ashamed of my story and I no longer do, which is a great feeling. I I almost feel proud of it now, which is fantastic. So, I'd like to, yeah, just allow people to know that regardless of the consequences that you believe exist around sharing it, you know, so some of the comments I got were, this would be corporate suicide. People won't want to work with you anymore. What about your current clients? Maybe they'll be turned off. All of these fears that didn't come from me, but definitely made me scared. Projected onto you. Yeah, definitely. And made me think, Jesus, what have I done? Now I'm like, you know what? Actually, it's done now. It's okay. It's out there in the world and whoop-de-doo. It hasn't been corporate suicide. And And I think it works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And the process of going through it is where the magic is. It's not a matter of skipping through it and, you know, summarizing it in two sentences, which some people might be tempted to do. Yep, did that. Move on. That's not going to do it justice. 
it is about doing the work and going there. All right. So number one was regardless of what you've been through, you're not your story. Step outside of it and understand it. So number yep. two. Yeah. Number two, I think it's it follows on from number one, and that is being able to see yourself the way the rest of the world sees and experiences you is is true perspective, and that is what this book is all about. It's about doing the work on yourself, understanding the perspective that others have of, of you, which enables you to be a really powerful leader. So, yep, we're agreed on that. This is good. When you do that and you do that really well, I believe it opens up the opportunity for you to help somebody else see themselves the way you see and experience them. And as a leader, that's your role, that's your duty. But when you're weighed down by the baggage and the lack of curiosity and the arrogance of not having that perspective, there's no way you can do that for somebody else. There's no way you can provide that guidance for somebody else on their journey. And so that's why I'm saying don't skip over yourself and provide it to your team. Step back, do the work on yourself, go there first, go deep, and that will earn you the right to do it for somebody else, which is what everyone wants to do. But they often go too fast, like skip over what really needs to happen. And it's really difficult to take advice from someone on, say, true perspective when they clearly don't have true perspective themselves. So how can you be a leader and lead people towards that if you haven't been through the journey yourself? That's a great piece of advice. And lucky last number three, Joe, your last nugget of gold to leave us with. Yeah. The last nugget of gold is don't underestimate the power of really deeply considering how you want to be remembered in the world. All right, it's such a powerful question to ask of yourself. Who do I want to be? How do I want to be remembered? And if you're struggling to identify what those three words are and you think, oh, okay, I don't have it. It's too difficult. I do an exercise with teams that I work with and Often, not always, but often when we're talking about leadership and legacy creation, as I call it, I ask them to envisage somebody who has had a really powerful and positive impact on their life, a leader. Maybe it's a a grandparent or a parent or teacher or everyone's got one where they've they've just got that person that's really powerful in their world. And I want them to, to visualize them. I get them to visualize them, really consider them powerfully and then describe them in three words. And if they do that, And everyone can. I've never seen somebody fail to do that exercise. Those three words are actually where you can start because those three words are what you find inspiring because they're in you. And I link that to the hero's journey and and that blueprint that we all have inside us of wanting to be that person, that leader, you know, that powerful agent of change in all of our worlds. So if you can do that, identify that person Consider what are the three things that really inspired you. That's just a reflection of where you want to be and use that as your go-to. So that's my third tip. That is a very good piece of advice. Joe Hart, fabulous book, wonderful story. Thank you for coming on the Team Guru podcast and giving us some true perspective. Thanks so much, David. Really been a pleasure. That was Joe Hart. Awesome guest, great book, incredible story. Joe's three nuggets of wisdom about the quest for true perspective. Number one, 
Regardless of what you've been through, you are not your story. Step outside of it, understand it, extract its lessons, and let it guide you towards the future. Number two, being able to see yourself and the way others see and experience you is true perspective, and that will enable you to help others find their true perspective. You can't guide anyone until you've done the work yourself. And number three, don't underestimate the power of deeply considering how you want to be remembered. As always, I'll share the lessons I took from my conversation with Joe on the Lessons Learned page for this podcast. You'll find it along with the entire back catalogue of Team Guru podcasts on our website. That's teamswithans.guru forward slash podcast. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud or LinkedIn and join me for the next episode on this My Mission to Bring to Life the Theory and Principles of Leadership. This is David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now.